Welcome to another Love from the Hip presents the Conscious Coaching Hour. I'm intuitive medium, spiritual coach, and your host, Sakura Sutter. I'm also the host of Love from the Hip. And I am forgiveness coach, author, and your host, Brenda Reese. And I'm transformational coach, author, and your host, Rory Reich. There is great power in the number three. It is not only the number our brains remember most, but it is also the triad as it contains a beginning, a middle, and an end. It represents wholeness. And what better way to absorb information than from the power of three coaches? We created the show with the intention of assisting you in awakening your intuition and inner coach and to help you live your best life. We will have real conversations and share our own personal experiences to help you to do so. We may even make you laugh. At the close of the show, we will pull an oracle card to add extra insight from the universe. Our topic today is fear. Many believe that there are only two primal emotions in human beings, love and fear, and that we cannot feel both simultaneously. When we are afraid, we pull back from life. When we are in love, we open to all that life has to offer with acceptance, passion, and joy. Love over fear is a choice every time something surfaces in our life that causes us to question our safety or security. At that moment, we, ma- we have to make a decision between the two. If you don't actively choose love, you will find yourself in a place of fear. We must continually make this choice, especially in difficult circumstances when our commitment to love instead of fear is challenged. Having chosen love doesn't mean you will never fear again. In fact, it means that many of our fears can come to the surface to finally be healed. It's an ongoing and lifelong process. We must continually choose love in order to nourish our souls and drive away fear, just as we eat to nourish our bodies and drive away hunger. So, Brenda, what can you share about fear? Thanks, Rory. It seems that I've lived my life in fear. My childhood was chaotic and traumatic with different kinds of abuse, and as a survival technique, I learned to not trust people and to be very aware, hypervigilant, really about my environment. Later in life, learning that that hypervigilance was a PTSD type of response. It really messed with the fun in life because I didn't like surprises and I took on the role of responsibility versus creativity or fun because that would be letting my guard down. You can imagine I was not a very fun date. (laughs) (laughs) I don't mean that I didn't have some fun because I did fun things with my kids, with my friends. Yet there was always a heaviness around me, being cautious, especially around men, because that was where a lot of the abuse came from. I remember when I was about 11 years old and my mom had a male friend who seemed very nice and he was so helpful to our family. Mom was a single mother at the time and there were nine kids, so I know she probably really appreciated the help. But not all of her friends had been so nice to me, so I was pretty wary He gave us gifts and helped us with food and wasn't inappropriate. And he didn't act like this, you know, the same as the others had acted that my mom called so-called friends. I remember feeling like maybe I might be able to feel safe with him. And then he left. He moved away and it just added to my abandonment and fear. And throughout my life, I learned uh, quite a few coping mechanisms to help me with fear, like drinking and did that way too much, and ended up in AA, Alcoholics Anonymous. It was a beautiful experience for me, though, and it was a lifesaver. It was there that I heard the phrase, we are driven by a hundred forms of fear, and when we act out of fear, it's because our basic needs are being threatened. What an eye-opener that was for me. I, I hadn't really had that experience before, but it helped me to start my deeper awareness and my healing. They also gave me an acronym for fear, and that's what I still use today, and that's F-E-A-R, representing false evidence appearing real. That helps me to remember that there are real fears, and there are not so real fears. I can ask myself questions when I feel that familiar tightening of my chest and shallow breathing, and repeat that acronym to help me determine, is it a real fear or not so real? And then I can take action appropriately to get me through whichever fear it turns out to be because action 
is something I have found to be an antidote to fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really love that. I love that acronym. I do too. And it's the same way that I think about fear. A lot of times the fears are things that haven't even happened yet, right? Yeah, it's right. just imagining an outcome <laughs> yeah. in the future that isn't even or real. Or may not even happen ever. Well, yes, right? exactly. <laughs> oh, that magical thinking mind, right? right? Yeah. And I love how you were saying to, you know, measure, right? Measure that fear. Yeah. Is it real? Is it not? Is it coming from our mind or is it coming from our heart? You know, yeah. and when it's coming from our heart, it's more of a place of protection, right? And safety. So. It is. And being able to tell the difference between the two took me quite a while. And I had one therapist one time tell me, she said, imagine it like this. Imagine, is it a real bear or a cardboard bear? She goes, if you see a bear in the in the doorway, you're going to run, right? And then you have to look again. Is it a cardboard bear? What would you do? And I say, well, laugh. And she goes, exactly. Mm. I like great. that too. Well, everyone stay tuned for this episode of the Conscious Coaching Hour for more conversation around fear offering up advice on fear and sharing our own personal experiences with it. And if you would like any advice and are struggling with fear or would like to share, feel free to message us on Facebook at Love From The Hip, and that's H-Y-P. The veil is a line between physical and non-physical realities, between spirit and matter. Listen in to Go Beyond the Veil, an exciting new show every second Wednesday of each month from 2 to 3 p.m. In this engaging and informational jam-packed radio hour, hosts Sakura Sutter and Rory Reich interview folks who make a living crossing the veil, assisting others on their journeys of healing and self-discovery. Drawing from their own experiences, Sakura and Rory have come to realize how challenging it can be to understand it all. So they will ask the hard questions to not only reveal more truths and clarity, but in an effort to make spiritual sense. They hope by offering you, the listener, a resource where science meets spirituality that you too can finally put your skepticism to rest once and for all. So join them as they go Beyond the Veil. Taking care of your body's largest organ can be difficult, but not for Astera Skincare Mist. This topical skin spray supports your skin's own natural healing defenses. Astera Skincare Mist is a light misting spray, free of parabens, alcohol, toxins, and fragrance. This all-natural topical skin spray will take the woe out of your skincare worries without clogging your pores. Irritation, inflammation, redness, post-procedure sensitivities, no problem. With Astera Skincare Mist, you can continue about your day without the skin dismay. Acne, rosacea, psoriasis, sunburns, rashes, and fungus? Don't let these skin concerns inconvenience you. Instead, let Astera Skincare Mist allow you to be happy in the skin you're in. Available at Sakura Skin and Mind. Learn more at AsteraCare.com. That's E-S-T-H-E-R-A Care.com. A health crisis is one of the most challenging situations we will experience in our lifetime. It leaves us frightened, confused, and asking, why did this happen to me? Transformational coach Rory Reich experienced his healing crisis when the life he had so carefully constructed came crumbling down around him. The universe had offered him a challenge. He chose to accept it and to rediscover who he was before it was too late. In his book, Transform Yourself Through Disease, Rory shares his personal journey alongside eight practical steps to help those who are stuck realize their self-impairing beliefs and discover ways of transforming them so they can reclaim their health and create the life of their dreams. Don't let your health crisis define you. Take the next step and transform yourself today. For a free life coaching consultation, contact Rory at RoryReich.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-E-I-C-H.com. Welcome back to Love from the Hip presents the Conscious Coaching Hour. I am intuitive medium, spiritual coach, and your host, Sakura Sutter. I am also the host of Love from the Hip. And I am forgiveness coach, author, and your host, Brenda Reese. And I am transformational coach, author, and your host, Roy Reich. On today's show, we're discussing fear. If you have a question or need some advice on fear, or simply want to share your experience, you can message us directly on our Facebook page, Love from the Hip. That's H-Y-P. So, Sakura, can you talk about an experience you've had with fear in your life? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) One, just one. Just one. Um, So I grew accustomed to fear also as a very young child like like you, Brenda. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can say it became my frenemy, and I kept it very close. 
Um, I suffered severe phobias, being afraid to go outside because I was highly empathic and I didn't realize this. Having past life recalls, traumatic visions, fear became this cold and heavy feeling that just lived in my gut. And I actually didn't know what I would do without it. Sure, there were moments during, you know, in, in the neighborhood when I would play softball or Mother May I, double dutch on the front sidewalk, roller skating down a busy Chicago street, mm-hmm. that I would forget about it for a bit. But after that sliver of fun was gone, it was back. It consumed me. It made it so I would oddly roll dice to see if it was safe to go outside. It embarrassed my parents in a busy Mexican restaurant on a Saturday night when after seeing the cook and waiter stare at me eat my taco, I announced loudly to the whole entire restaurant that I had been poisoned. Mm. Yeah. It is what stayed with me when my parents would rush off to the hospital in the middle of the night to take my baby brother in for seizures. It brought me the feelings and symptoms of diseases I thought I was having when really it was that of those around me. It essentially stole my childhood away from me. And it wasn't until I was 12 years old, after getting into it with my poor mother, who was really trying to understand, but really was just too tired, too young, too overworked to even begin to, that I sat down with myself in the mirror and I told the fear to go away. I talked to fear like it was another person, and I told it that it was all made up, nonsense, non-existent, and like my mother said, all in my head. And then the fear went away for a bit, but it returned again during different times in my life, many in which there was danger and it needed to, or when I was embarking upon a big, exciting adventure, so then it was just more excitement than fear, until I tore my ACL during a skiing accident when I was 25, which is why I do not ski anymore. (laughs) And it showed up with its friend, panic attacks. Mm. And so this fear struck me when I was shopping and it brought back all of those phobias and thoughts I had as a child once again. The, am I dying? Am I having a heart attack? You know, the hypochondria, the agoraphobia. And I realized at this point that fear had shown its face again because I hit rock bottom, because I was no longer invincible. I went from a very active and full lifestyle of, fun lifestyle, actually, of biking and rock climbing, ice climbing, yoga, to just being laid up in a leg brace and crutches for a good year. And I ended up losing my boyfriend. That's a whole nother story (laughs) (laughs) because I was no longer fun. But prior to that, where had fear been is what I questioned. And I realized I managed to crush it with life experience, opportunities, and being aligned with my creative self. And at that time, because that was no longer, it was able to make a reappearance. And so I've ever overcome this fear in my life again and again and again. And each time fear has shown its face, even now during this pandemic, it's been easier to overcome it, to recognize it, move through it and replace it with more quickly with joy. It has a frequency so low, a resistance that sits in my gut that it is easily recognizable. And I just resort back to that 12 year old girl and I tell it to go away and I remind it that I'm still bigger than it. That's an amazing story. Oh, my gosh. I I can't even imagine how that felt, right, growing up. Oh, yeah. No one to talk to. No one to talk to. The fear would be all-consuming because you don't know what it is. Yeah, and already as a child, you feel all weird in your body, right? Like you're like, what is this? Oh, especially at that age? Right. Oh, my gosh, too. And I love how you talk to it as a person, like as another being, because that I think is helpful to putting it outside of us. Mm -hmm. I think that that was probably, that was just, so good. Yeah, and it's kind of odd that I would think to do that at such a young age. <laughs> so well, that's where that intuition was coming right. in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's an amazing training ground for you, but it's so hard to imagine that for a child. Yeah, you know, and actually I've come to meet other children in my work that are experiencing anxiety and all of the phobias that I did. And so now I have all the tools to help them, which is really great. That's that gift, right? Coming yeah. out of coming out of our experience, mm-hmm. not regretting the the past that we've had. Yeah, everything happening for us. Yeah, yeah. and obviously, as our discussion today, fear is so commonplace. But yeah. I, I I tend to wonder if it's just becoming more and more commonplace with the world that we've created around us mm-hmm. a faster world, a more connected world, more online world. Yeah, uh, it feels like fear is only increasing, and especially with what's going on. Yeah. And the ability to talk about it. I think that's too, that's really, that's really great for all of us to being able to bring it out to the forefront like that so that you have the tools. Because mm-hmm. if, you, if you weren't talking about it, no one would know that you could help them, right? right? Or any of us could help them mm-hmm. if we don't get out there and share our stories. Well, and as you mentioned, there are so many more tools and understanding now 
than there were back then. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so how about you, Rory? What has been your recent experience with fear? Yeah, well, I think all of you can relate to this uh, in some way, but like so many people that have dealt with a life-threatening health issue, uh, for a time, fear became a very close companion of mine as well. And it, it took me a long time to realize that the fear of the unknown and my constant focus on the worst possible outcome of the situation was having a dramatic effect on my health and my overall ability to recover. Um, and over time, with a lot of assistance, I came to see the situation and you know my proclivity to fear for what it was, something that was in my control to change. And while we don't have control over all the outside circumstances in our lives, we do have control over the way we choose to think, feel, and act upon them. And the heightened situation also shone a light on my tendency to unconsciously choose fear over love, which was something I just hadn't realized before. Um, or another you know, word that I use for love would be trust. A trust that everything was going to work out for the best, even if I didn't understand how. And so for me, the situation and the massive amount of fear that came with it was an opportunity that radically changed the way I now view life. I'm not going to lie and say that I don't still struggle with fear. I do, of course. But I no longer stay in that place for long when it arises. Yeah. Mm, and yeah. I, I know we can relate because we've all had yes. our <laughs> shaken to awaken, right, through illness, oh, all, all three of us. Yeah. Yes. But I don't know if it was like this for you, too. I, I feel like the more I surrendered to the unknown, which was the illness, the, the more fear would subside. And, and so now I use that as a tool when something comes up that is bringing up so much fear and it's out of my control, again, just like the illness. And I look to surrendering to the moment and trusting, like you said, just trusting that whatever is happening to me is actually happening for me. Yeah. Getting there is a little hard. You know, it, I mean, it is. And yeah. and so, you know, recognizing that because it took me a while to get there, getting there. I remember when that happened with after my back surgery and I was just going through all these challenges and expecting the doctor to fix it. And, you know, it's like what? And being so disappointed and finally realizing, wait, like you said, Rory, I have a choice of deciding which direction to go, fear or love. And in that love, Sakura, is that surrendering that wait, maybe there's a different reason or a different way I can look at this. And it was amazing being <laughs> able to switch that and go, okay. And my world opened up in a different direction, right? And getting some help from different modalities and different things to help me cope through that so I could look at it through a different lens. Yeah, because opportunities were coming in because you weren't so resistant, right? Yes. You, weren't, you weren't wanting to stay stuck in that fear, you were open to coming out of it. And so then that's when all the, all the opportunities started pouring in, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's, as you mentioned, it's the way that you look at the entire situation. Instead of saying, why is this happening to me? Mm -hmm. It's why is this happening for me? Yep. That it is an opportunity mm -hmm. to learn and grow and to transform yourself into something maybe completely different. And I think that's happened to all three of us. Yeah. And I see that happening to a lot of people that go through these really traumatic, difficult situations. But the truth is that these traumatic, difficult situations are part of life. And we can't avoid them, but we can choose how we navigate through them. Mm -hmm. And it, it really is about changing your perspective on what's happening. And asking for help. Yeah. Because there's all the other people out there have, that have been through what you've exactly. been through. Exactly. Yep. And going back to that, being able to share about it and talk about it, right? And asking for that help and just not trying to figure it out by ourselves. Because mm -hmm. that's another thing fear does is isolate us or makes us feel like nobody else will understand. You know, it feeds all those beliefs and then we're going even crazier. Yeah, which is happening right now, right? I mean, we're already in isolation and then a lot of us want to keep our thoughts to ourselves. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. go to some of the messages we've received for today's show. Eric? Yeah, Frank from Joliet, Illinois, writes and says, I have managed to stay pretty calm during this pandemic, but my wife, well, 
She has not. We've been arguing a lot because she feels I'm not supporting her feelings because I'm not fearful, too. Any advice on how to manage this situation? <laughs> mm. Who wants to go first? Well, Brenda, you're married. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. All right, sir. Well, this one's a tough one um, in the sense of what we, what I do in my home, because we have that happen uh, between my husband and myself, where he will be in more fear than I am. Because I do take a different look, like we were just talking about taking a different look about what the situation is about. And so when we are stuck in that fear base, it's like the first thing to do is to try to find understanding. That can be hard. Right. But, you know, it's like stepping back from it and finding the understanding and asking some questions. Because that's what I have to do. I have to take a deep breath and I have to go, okay, where, what's going on? Let's talk about the fear. Let's call out the fear. You know, what is it? And then and then when I ask him some questions around it, it's like, you know, for me, right, being with a coach, it's kind of like, where do you feel it? <laughs> you know, what's, let's get to what's really underneath that fear. And in being able to do that, it helps calm him down. But what I noticed with him, especially recently, is he was having fear over something that was happening um, health-wise in mm-hmm. his own life. And it was like, okay, honey, I said, let's breathe through it. Let's look at it differently, right? But let's feel the fear first because that's important to be heard and recognized. And as he was talking it out loud, which wasn't easy for him, he said, oh, my gosh, I feel so much better just talking about it. Mm-hmm. It's a great <laughs> he made it smaller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it was a, a real awareness for him. So, so if your wife is having trouble with that, just be an ear. Yeah. Help her talk about it. And then she can also, then you can get some help around it, depending upon whether that, you know, it's false evidence appearing real or whether it's a real fear. And then she can get help. Yeah. And just giving her, like you said, that validation, right? Oh, the validation. That's what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And as we're all experiencing fear, right? It's just, we want people to commiserate with us. <laughs> so even if you're not sharing the same fear, just to listen just and hold space. Mm-hmm. To be yeah. heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to just be understood, yeah. and and to realize that we're we're different, we handle situations differently, and that's okay. But as you I, you know, you did such a great job. I think it just comes down to trying to be patient, mm-hmm. and and trying to have good communication. And I think also like what you were saying is that we tend to blow these fears up bigger than they need to be, or that they are, and we get stuck in that narrative. Yeah. And so when we share it with someone else, it, it makes it smaller. And it's also allowing a space to disassociate from it, right? Disconnect. And so that we are actually stepping outside of the fear and looking at it also from another perspective. So, well, yeah. And I would also say, don't laugh. <laughs> don't laugh <laughs> oh, no. at the fear. As no. you, oh, no. Don't okay. laugh at the fear, right? Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, that's really important because sometimes people's fears were like, what? Mm-hmm. You know, and we have a tendency to, and that just doesn't validate them at all no, just make her make his wife more angry <laughs> well yes because i've had that happen in my relationship and then it just doesn't it's not pretty from there right no and i always say you know adults are just big children right and i i think about that like the way that you talk to your partner spouse friend is the same way that you should talk to your child mm. with caring and empathy and kindness and compassion and i know that's hard when you're angry or have a difference of opinion but that's how we all still react. We all still react like children, even if we don't want to. Well, and we have these expectations, right? They're definitely higher. Yeah, we expect you to part- be an adult. <laughs> well, exactly. yeah, act like an adult. Oh, but we're not. No, we're, we're not. not. It's we're that not. inner child thing, right? Yeah. We're not an adult well, when we're f- all upset or in fear. We are that five-year-old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it all builds up. All right. Well, we're going to have to take a quick break, but don't forget, if you have a question about uh, fear or you want to share your personal experience, you can message us directly on our Facebook page, Love from the Hip. That's H-Y-P. 
Family owned since 1986, Stargazers, a unique metaphysical bookshop, offers a large selection of precious gems, jewelry, candles, sage, shamanic drums and rattles, oracle cards, incense, and more. Plus, you can find a variety of healing goodness from some of the best healers under one roof, such as tarot and oracle card readings, spiritual response therapy, data healing, and energy work. Located in Bellevue at 12727 Northrop Way, Suite 10, Stargazers provides a foundation for healing, ample wisdom, and resources for starting or continuing your spiritual journey. Stargazers, making sense of the stars and everything esoteric. For more information and store hours, go to stargazersbooks.com. That's S-T-A-R-G-A-Z-E-R-S books.com or call 425-885-7289. That's 425-885-7289. Your skin is your body's largest organ. Care for it properly, starting with your face. Sakura Skin and Mind offers several clinical facial treatments to help stimulate collagen production, eliminate toxins, boost circulation, and deeply cleanse. See a new you in your mirror. Clinical facials range from $90 and up. Do your face a favor. Sakura Skin and Mind, erasing wrinkles one clinical facial at a time. Learn more sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium, to be your spiritual guide with the other side. No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process, or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path, Sakura can assist you. Not only does Sakura channel insightful messages, but she also incorporates her metaphysical tools to help you move through blocks and unprocessed emotions and feelings, providing you with a closure, relief, and new mindset to move forward. So don't hesitate to take your first step towards healing so you can start living your life once again. Remote sessions available. Contact Sakura at sakurasutter.com. That's S-A-K-U-R-A-S-U-T-T-E-R.com. Welcome back to Love from the Hip presents the Conscious Coaching Hour. I'm intuitive medium, spiritual coach, and your host, Sakura Sutter. I'm also the host of Love from the Hip. I am forgiveness coach, author, and your host, Brenda Reese. And I am transformational coach, author, and your host, Roy Reich. On today's show, we are discussing fear how to move through it, and different ways we may experience it. And if you have a question or need some advice or simply want to share, message us on our Facebook page, Love from the Hip. That's H-Y-P. Well, let's go back to our messages we have for today. Eric? Sure. Maria from Colorado says, I'm a small business owner and I'm struggling with the idea of raising my prices. I'm worried I'll lose customers. Am I just being overly fearful? Well, that's a great question. Mm -hmm. Kind of complex and depends on the situation. I think one of the important things that happens when we question raising our prices is deciding why are we not willing to raise our prices? (laughs) Oh my gosh, you're not kidding. Uh, As you look at me. (laughs) (laughs) I think, you know, the important thing to do first is to look at your prices in comparison to everyone else's out there Mm -hmm. and to be very honest about where you are in your career, right? There's the top end, there's kind of entry level, and then there's mid-level. But, you know, what what I see a lot is people that don't want to raise their prices because they're afraid of losing customers, because they're afraid that they're not worth that amount of money. And so you really need to take a step back and ask yourself that question. Yeah. And you also devalue your service. And I I understand because I struggle with this all the time. Every time I raise my prices, which is not very often, I think I've done it maybe two or three times in the 12 years I've been in business. Mm -hmm. And I'm always fearful of losing the clientele. And yet they keep on coming back. And so it just makes me also value myself even more, right? And, and, and throw more passion into what I do because I'm being represented by that. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Oh, well, I was going to share that when I was struggling with this, because that's I, I have, right, is that worthiness factor like you talked about, Rory, and feeling worthy enough because that's what it is. It's that stuck in that. And I think you're right, taking a look around what's the market 
you know, and being in that, but it's also the resentment factor. So when we look at the resentment factor, so if you're operating and you're working with clients um, and you're all of a sudden feeling like you're irritated, like you're spending a lot of time and energy, there's a compensation there, right? Because it's energetic exchange. So there gets to be a resentment factor. So when I was doing my coaching practice, I was doing these sessions for not very much money. And it got to the point of like, wait, I'm there's value here. The more people that I helped, the more people that got, you know, would give feedback to me, then I was noticing that it wasn't feeling right. So they call that the resentment factor. Mm. So, and it's not a negative thing. It's a really good body indicator that, oh, wait, maybe I need to raise that. So you think about the pricing, the next up, or you look at that price. And like, if you're charging 150 now, you look at, okay, how does 175 work in my body? Ooh, that makes me nervous. Okay, go for that then. <laughs> right? All right. And I had one coach tell me one time, she goes, and then raise it 10%. And I went, oh, no, I can't do that. But I've been able to incrementally do that with that resentment factor, which getting that yeah. you know gut feeling and being able to go with that uncomfortable amount. Well, and don't you think, too, that your clients then do the homework? Like they take more ownership in being part of the service that you're offering also by having to pay more money. Yes. Right. They take it more seriously. Well, they do. And that's what's really valuable, too, is what we don't realize that, that that people look at the value of the, the price and what they're getting. And if the value is too low, if the price is too low, they're going to take it for granted. It's mm-hmm. like a lot of people don't do anything with free stuff. Right. You have some that do. But when you put a $20 or $25, or 50, they're going to take it a little bit more seriously. Anything over $99, they're going to take it a little bit more seriously. And I have to say, too, from experience being in the spa industry, I, I've worked for spas that get caught up in Groupons. And mm-hmm. that's the only clientele they ever get because the, they're conditioned to just wait for the next Groupon. Like, why would I pay full price? I know there's going to be another Groupon. Yeah. So there's that, too, to worry about. Yeah, and I think you have to <laughs> partly abstract your emotions from it and just look at the landscape like there's inflation every year right like at corporations especially after covid well, I yeah mean. i mean well, yeah and, and corporations you get a you get a raise every year like mm-hmm. every, everybody else that works right. for someone is getting a raise potentially every year if you're not raising your prices then you're actually just kind of lagging behind year after right. year so it's it's just something that needs to be done and is yes. i think is is understood and expected at some level and then and, you just have to figure out, like, w- what that level is for you. And if Starbucks can raise their lattes 30 cents in the last week, go for it. But you have to have <laughs> Starbucks, right? You can't live without Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's go to our next message. All right. David from Toronto writes, I'm finding that I'm afraid to speak up in my relationship. I feel that my partner is angry and takes it out on me. How can I speak up? I have found myself plenty of times eating my words, trying to, I'm a people pleaser, right? I've gotten better at this. So, but I would say if you're not speaking up and speaking out, you're not also respecting yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And you're enabling this person to then treat others that way too. And yeah, I mean, if you can't be honest with you by speaking your truth, then who are you being honest with? And then also who is she in a relationship with? It's a, a facet of you. It's not truly who you are. You're not being your authentic self. So in a, in a way, that's also lying about who you are in this relationship. Well, yeah, and also discovering why. Kind mm-hmm. of understanding, again, the reason, what is that feeling that you have? What is the words that are coming up? What it, who does this remind you of? Because a lot of times in relationship, it's, it's the mother being represented right so it's these for me in the forgiveness work it's that it's the fears Mm -hmm. it's the beliefs coming up that's being shown it's like a mirror for us our relationships are about healing and about mirrors so if she's angry i would i would go there first and kind of go wait a second what part of me is angry because part of its reflection now she owns part of that too she that's her deal Mm -hmm. but it's also what's being reflected for me and that can be hard to look at that can, but we can also be just mad at ourselves for not speaking up, for spending a lot of our lives. Because I'm sure she's not the only one that's probably angry. 
in in your life. So let's take a look at that is where else is this showing up and who does it remind you of that can help you with that belief and then gain the strength to be able to speak up and say, hold on, I don't appreciate that. And then do the inner work that we have to do around our own beliefs of why we're people pleasing, right. why we're not sharing, why we're afraid to say anything. And she could just be pushing his buttons too to Absolutely. get him to just come forward. <laughs> yeah, I think not expressing those emotions is incredibly unhealthy. You know, it's interesting, I think, as unhealthy as compulsive anger can be, you are moving that energy out of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're not doing that when you hold it inside. Oh, no. And it just continues to eat away at you. And so it's a very unhealthy way to exist and so i think the most important thing as we talked about is like you have to express how you're feeling and even if the other person is incapable of meeting you you still have to get it out and then you have to work on tools where you can both come together and try to figure out a dynamic that's healthy and works for you and if you can't then you have to question whether you're going to stay in that relationship because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you cannot stay being small now that was so beautifully said rory because you cannot we both we've all been in those relationships i think you know in our conversations and being able to share that feeling um i know i was afraid to be angry i was afraid of that so I did everything I could. That's part of the drinking. That's part of the, all the other distractions that I did in my life because that was part of that. I couldn't own it. And so being able to, you know, the, one of my favorite things is to take a tennis racket to the bed and just beat the bed. Right? I like baseball bats. Oh, baseball tennis bats. Tennis rackets work fun. Wow. Fun. Well, I, I hit myself with a baseball bat when I tried I it the first time. Yeah. So I, I went to a tennis so racket. Smart, yeah. But seriously, and being able to, to, to get it out, even if you're not able to say anything, but that way it's separate. It's not at her, but it's just to help move that energy. And that was so helpful for me. Because pretty soon my, my husband now and stuff, I would just beat that, beat the couch mm-hmm. with it at the time. And he would hear the whacking and he's like, he would stay outside. And then he'd sneak in and he'd go, are you, is Are everything you okay? Yet? Are you done yet? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've talked about this. This idea of being too nice is a, is a problem. It you is know, on the other sure. end, there's being too angry. And then on one, the other side, it's being too nice. And we have to find a way to be somewhere in the middle in that sweet spot where we can express our emotions, but in a healthy way. I also find something I do with my clients is I have them actually speak to the person as if they're in the room with them so they can have that conversation. So he can already have these conversations. And so when they do happen, it's just, it it already happened. It's so much easier. Yeah, they practiced. Right. Yeah. In a safe environment. Because sometimes it's hard when you get in there to express yourself clearly because you're not used to it. And it's in, not, those, it's in those conditions. Right. And it's not so fearful because you, you know, you're already seeing some of the outcomes. Yeah. Some of the things that can possibly happen. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> well, with that, we're going to take a break, but everyone stick around for more of the Conscious Coaching Hour. A health crisis is one of the most challenging situations we will experience in our lifetime. It leaves us frightened, confused, and asking, why did this happen to me? Transformational coach Rory Reich experienced his healing crisis when the life he had so carefully constructed came crumbling down around him. The universe had offered him a challenge. He chose to accept it and to rediscover who he was before it was too late. In his book, Transform Yourself Through Disease, Rory shares his personal journey alongside eight practical steps to help those who are stuck realize their self-impairing beliefs and discover ways of transforming them so they can reclaim their health and create the life of their dreams. Don't let your health crisis define you. Take the next step and transform yourself today. For a free life coaching consultation, contact Rory at RoryReich.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-E-I-C-H.com. Family owned since 1986, Stargazers, a unique metaphysical bookshop, offers a large selection of precious gems, jewelry, candles, sage, shamanic drums and rattles, oracle cards, incense, and more. Plus, you can find a variety of healing goodness from some of the best healers under one roof, such as tarot and oracle card readings, spiritual response therapy, theta healing, and energy work. Located in Bellevue at 12727 Northrop Way, Suite 10, Stargazers provides a foundation for healing, ample wisdom, and 
resources for starting or continuing your spiritual journey. Stargazers, making sense of the stars and everything esoteric. For more information and store hours, go to stargazersbooks.com. That's S-T-A-R-G-A-Z-E-R-S books.com or call 425-885-7289. That's 425-885-7289. The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium, to be your spiritual guide with the other side. No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process, or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path, Sakura can assist you. Not only does Sakura channel insightful messages, but she also incorporates her metaphysical tools to help you move through blocks and unprocessed emotions and feelings, providing you with a closure, relief, and new mindset to move forward. So don't hesitate to take your first step towards healing so you can start living your life once again. Remote sessions available. Contact Sakura at sakurasutter.com. That's S-A-K-U-R-A-S-U-T-T-E-R.com. Welcome back to Love from the Hip presents the Conscious Coaching Hour. I'm intuitive medium, spiritual coach, and your host, Sakura Sutter. I am also the host of Love from the Hip. I am forgiveness coach, author, and your host, Brenda Reese. And I am transformational coach, author, and your host, Roy Reich. Check us out on our new affiliate on Sundays at 12 p.m. on AM 1450 KBKW. All right. Well, let's go back to our messages we've received for today. Eric? Tanya from Toledo says, Recently, I've been asked to step into a leadership position in my company, and the thought of being in the spotlight is creating this huge ball of anxiety in my gut. How do I move past this, or do I just decline the offer? Right. Do you want to... <laughs> well, I mean, I think I think all of us have probably have some experience with this. You know, being in the spotlight, um, public speaking is challenging for almost everyone. Radio, <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you know what I've what I've noticed throughout my life is that certain people are just more geared towards doing that because of the way they were brought up. Right? They were in a family structure where either their parents were like that, or they had a large family, and they're just very comfortable being in front of others expressing themselves and then there's everyone else (laughs) and maybe you know you grew up with the extreme opposite of that and so you're going to be at that other end of the spectrum where you just want to avoid it at all costs and then maybe everybody else is somewhat in the middle so I'd say you know for me one of the things that I've done was I learned to embrace it as a challenge Mm. Mm. And so I changed the way that I thought about that experience. So if I had to get up in front of a bunch of people and give a presentation, it doesn't mean that I wasn't nervous about it, but I looked at it as, okay, I'm going to challenge myself to this thing. I know I'm going to get through it, right? Of course, you're going to come out the other side. Like you're not going to die on the stage. Right. Um, and then when I did, and actually everything went fine, I was really excited about it. Mm-hmm. And that kind of helped to build this momentum. So for the next time, I was like, okay. I survived that one and I actually did a good job. And so it's funny. It's that that whole idea of we place this imaginary fear on the worst outcome. Mm -hmm. That's where the pit comes from. If you thought you were going to get up on stage and just be amazing, then you wouldn't have that same level of fear. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really about talking to yourself like that inner child. Mm -hmm. Everything's going to be fine. (laughs) I'm going to survive. And it's a skill. I'm going to learn and I'm going to get better and better and better over time. I think we had this idea that these people that we see up on stage, they they were just born like that. (laughs) Yes. That they didn't work towards it. And it is. It's just a skill. I mean, Oprah, come on. (laughs) (laughs) She was even nervous. (laughs) Maybe her and Tony Robbins. Um, Yeah, it's a skill. And Mm -hmm. so are you willing to not be perfect in the beginning? Well, that and know that, because I love how you shared that, and to know that people don't want you to fail. Really, they want you to succeed. It's us that has that invisible fear that we're going to mess up, that we need to be perfect, that that we can't make a mistake. And that's not true. Nope. We're human. Yeah. And so don't decline the offer. You know, look at this fear and get some help around, you know, looking and talking to people that 
are in the same position or in the same, like if it's public speaking, who do do that, because that helped me in learning to get over my fear. And then if it's in a business, it's like talking to other people in those positions to say, what did you do? How Mm -hmm. did you get, how did you get through this? And just know that excitement and fear come from the same place in our brain, (laughs) you know, kind of thing. And so we can look at it again, like we've talked earlier about how do we look at this? Yep. And I think also like, I don't know if you've heard of future life progression. Mm -hmm. So much like past life regression, you're actually sitting down with your future self. So I would recommend sitting down with the future you that's already been in the limelight and see what that's like and ask questions. How was it? What do you think? And really envision yourself feeling, you know, really, really sit in her. Mm. So put your hands in her hands and your feet in her feet and look out through her vision and really embrace that and shine like the bright diamond that you are. Oh, I love it. That's great. Yeah. (laughs) It's time for the Oracle card in the Conscious Coaching Hour. All right. Well, let's ask Spirit or Universe for further guidance on today's topic of fear. And today's deck, we're using the Oracle of the Seven Energies by Colette Baron-Reed. So I'll go ahead and shuffle. And then I'll have Brenda pick... All right. Sacred reverence. So looking at the world, do you see all of life or only a limited part? When you look at a blade of grass, do you see just a plant? When you encounter a puppy, do you just see an animal? While this categorizing is one way of viewing the world, it is only a fraction of the truth. It isn't enough. Look closer and you'll observe the luminosity imminent in these living sentient beings. And if you can allow yourself to take in all the world, including its spirit, then you see the whole. Reverence is an act of deep witnessing, respect, and awe. You experience it when you perceive every being and every plant, rock, and tree as sacred and alive. You naturally lean into a state of bliss and harmony and a profound sense of well-being. Ooh, I like that. Me too. Can I see the card? Yeah, absolutely. I think it is. I think it's an amazing how it talks like what we've been sharing today and the questions asked, because it is how we look at things, right? When we look at things as a little bit more sacred, when we look at things happening for us instead of to us, Mm -hmm. then that changes our perception around what's going on. And we get out of our own way, right? And pull back and look at it from a different perspective of coming from a place of alignment with spirit, right? Yes. Yeah, that makes me think of this, the idea of, you know, not being a slave to our emotions, Mm. right? Instead of just letting them make our decisions for us, it's taking that step back and trying to look at the whole picture and then making a decision on how to proceed forward. I just want to say I really love this card because it has a heart on it. And we've been talking about fear and love, so that's super appropriate. Yes, I know. I love that card. And the heart is the world. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> How could See, you? I didn't take a far enough step back. You need to broaden yeah, your perspective. I'm Sorry. <laughs> well, what are our final takeaways on fear today? Well, one of the ways um, that I found to work with fear is to go into action. An idea that I share with clients about fear is to make a fears list. And you take a piece of paper and you fold it in half um, lengthwise. And on one side, You start listing all the fears you have, and then on the other side, you're writing the opposite of that fear, how you want to feel. So if it's a fear, like you mentioned, public speaking, Rory, if it's that fear, you may want to write that um, you want to feel more confident when you speak, right? That's the opposite of it. Then after you write down everything and you complete that, take the top three of the fears that you feel you are ready to take some action on. And think about some ways you can help yourself to get through that fear. Now, in the example of the fear of public speaking, it may be to hire a speaking coach or actually get some hypnotherapy from Sakura. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) I love her exercises. Brenda always has the best (laughs) exercises. She does. (laughs) (laughs) What about for you, Rory? Well, you know, my belief at this point is that there's really only one energy, and that energy is the divine energy of love. And fear is just the absence of that energy in the moment or in our life. And when we can embody that energy, it's impossible to reside in a place of fear. 
And while feel, uh, fear is natural, uh, we do have control over how long we allow ourselves to stay in that vibration. And I know how challenging that can be from personal experience, but you know, I've learned that it's our outlook on life and our faith that everything will be okay, no matter what the outcome that makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And when we're fearful, we're existing in the mind. And when we're fearless, we're existing in the heart. Oh. 100%. <laughs> yes. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We want to thank Eric, our lovely producer, KKNW, and our new affiliate, KBKW, the talk of Grays Harbor, and you, the listener. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share our podcast, The Conscious Coaching Hour, which you can find under Love from the Hip, that's H-Y-P, anywhere you can find podcasts. So what are we talking about on our next show? On our next show, we'll be discussing happiness, how to allow it in, feel worthy of it, and experience it. Ooh, I like that. (laughs) So do you love the show? Have a question you would like us to answer on the air? Follow us, like us, and message us on Instagram or Facebook at Love From The Hip. And that's H-Y-P. You can find me at SakuraSutter.com. You can find me at RoyReich.com. You can find me at BrendaReeseCoaching.com. Tune in every month on Wednesdays from 2 to 3 p.m. on AM 1150 KKNW. And Sundays from 12 to 1 p.m. on AM 1450 KBKW. For more, The Conscious Coaching Hour where we help you awaken your intuition and inner coach so you can live your best life. Microneedling is a revolutionary treatment that can help reduce the appearance of acne scars, fine lines, pigmentation, wrinkles, even improve the appearance of stretch marks by stimulating collagen and elastin. Sakura Skin and Mind specializes in this procedure that jumpstarts your body's natural healing process. Sakura Skin and Mind believes in not only keeping the skin up to date with the latest trends in the skincare industry, but also keeping the skin beautiful, fast, pretty, painless, and affordable. Find out more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. Hypnotherapy helps you discover and explore deep, sustainable life changes. Let Sakura guide your communication with your unconscious mind. Rid yourself of negative behaviors, fears, pains, and emotions. Weight loss, smoking, childhood drama, chronic pain, and much more can be addressed. Begin healing now. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. Bring out the healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had.